Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Digital Audio Health by... Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversations and to use them to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Nova Lorraine, who, with a master's in science, she changed her life and a guaranteed future in medicine, left Connecticut, and headed for New York City to become a designer. Today, she is an award-winning couture fashion designer, author, keynote speaker with award nominations as podcaster, producer, and host, as well as a community curator, metaverse designer. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Nova. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited for our journey that we're going to have together. So tell me, what inspired you to tap into your creative genius and go into design? Fashion design. Fashion design. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I was always attracted to something creative. When I, when I think back as a child, I would doodle. I really enjoyed playing with my, um, I had younger cousins and I had a younger sister who was eight years younger than me. And so mm-hmm. I, I just loved playing with hair. Like that was my expression, my creative expression. So on my dolls, on my cousins, on my little sister. And I remember, I think I was like 13 or so, I told my mom I wanted to be a hairdresser. And I'm from Jamaica. I was uh, born there and my parents immigrated here. And so in my parents' mind, they wanted something more traditional, like doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. Yeah. So um, I didn't really get a response from my mom. (laughs) You know, it wasn't a a negative or wasn't a positive. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And um, I remember in like middle school also being attracted to architecture and advertising and Mm. and any projects that were assigned that were creative. It was something I gravitated towards. And when I, when I think back also, I had a natural knack for art and painting. It was just, these were things that just weren't, I guess, um, cultivated really outside Mm -hmm. of projects that were assigned. And and in college, out of the blue, my senior year, now mind yes. you, I'm on this pre-med track yes. from high school all the way through college. And my senior year, I get this, I don't know, idea of 
applying to fashion design school. Now, it just seems so out of the blue because mm -hmm. I hadn't taken art since you know, what maybe middle school, which is my architectural class. And but it was something that I was like, I'm going to look into this, which I did. And this was, you know, before like the, the magic of Google. Mm -hmm. And so there were very few programs that I found and I did reach out to them and and all I remember is the ask of a portfolio. And I was like, yeah, no, this isn't for me. And didn't really tell anyone, didn't think anything about it, just continued on my way. Um, took a year off between grad and undergrad and it came back like clear as day. And so I took some design classes and I applied to design school, but I also applied to grad school. And okay. I got into all the schools I applied to. I went on to uh, accept my my the graduate school acceptance over the fashion ones and this was just my journey and I said I'll do that fashion thing when I retire and I had a full scholarship I had a teaching position I had research projects and wow. life was good yeah and out of the blue after I started grad school I had that download of I should you know use fashion and my love of creativity to help people Oh. And so I, you know, after a few weeks, maybe a couple months of ignoring that, um, it got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And okay. I decided I was going to create the opportunity for me to complete a master's in a very short amount of time and then head off to New York City to study fashion. Wow. And so that is a, a big turn. It was in your life. I'm going to say I was really nervous about telling anyone, you know, I was just married, recently married. And I was like, what is, what is my husband going to think? What are my parents going to think? You know, what are my in-laws going to think? You know, all these things mm -hmm. that we as humans do, we, we that's right ourselves and then think about all the judgment we're going to get from everyone else. And, but when you have something that's so powerful and compelling like this, this feeling in me could not go away. And the more I decided to dive into learning about fashion and the history of fashion, because I didn't have any education at that point, mm -hmm. um, training or exposure at that point in fashion. And so I got my hands on as many books as I could, and it just became more and more um, prominent in terms of my desire. And, and so when I shared it, to my surprise, everyone was overwhelmingly supportive. And, and I feel wow. that if you bring an idea forth and it comes with all of that heart and passion and intention, you can't help but support someone, no matter what it is, right? Um, but, you know, as a, as a young adult, you, you just, that's the first thing you think about. It, like, oh, what are they going to think? And what are my, what are my professors going to think? And my classmates? And, but none of that really mattered because, you know, I, I feel that if we get a calling to something, we really should pay attention to it. And that's going to guide us. And I'll, I, I bring psychology into everything I do. It's part of who I am. My my curiosity mm -hmm. about people, my my love of research and quantitative analysis and human behavior and all of the wonderful things that come with the field of psychology. I love all of that and grateful for that pre-med journey and right. the graduate training because I apply it to everything that I do now. So I think all of what we take in as, as our experiences can be used in anything we choose to do. Mm -hmm. Well, you're so right. And so when did you start uh, sketching designs and uh, thinking that you might have beyond something or have your own 
uh, niche in the marketplace because that's a difficult thing to crack into. Yes, it is. It's a very challenging field from from the perspective of breaking in and having the resources to sustain yourself because a lot of designers are able to start a fashion line, but then they run out of cash, right? Mm -hmm. And, And so... When I started sketching, I would say, I'm just laughing. <laughs> I remember my first sketches are so pitiful. Um, I, I was I was out of undergrad and I bought a sketch pad. And mm-hmm. again, that, as I realized that this is what I wanted to do. And I made these fashion, I'm gonna call them fashion figures. Um, these, you know, the, the croquis with an outfit on it. Okay. And, my, I, I was working full time during this year um, uh, between uh, undergrad and grad, and I befriended the accountant at my job, and I told her this big secret, like, oh, I want to study fashion design, and um, this is before I applied to any schools or anything like that, and she introduced me to a designer in New York, so mm. great, and I share in my book, tell everyone what you want to do, because you never know who's going to, you know, lead you to that next person that you need to meet and right so I brought my sketchbook and I was so excited and he was so helpful he was a window designer for Macy's I didn't even know that existed <laughs> yes that. you could get paid to decorate <laughs> and um he introduced the world me to- is a candy shop <laughs> right right, right? Like, I was in my little bubble in the middle of Connecticut and uh he introduced me to a designer at Parsons and I met with her with my sketchbook she was so kind and when I think back, I'm like, oh my gosh, those are so bad. But she looked at my sketches and she said, this is what I recommend. Then she gave me a few pointers mm-hmm. and I went back and I put everything to, you know, to action. And I created this, these beautiful sketches. And what I remember was I was pulling from a place of old Hollywood and mm-hmm. I love, I was always attracted to gowns, beautiful gowns and, mm-hmm. and outfits that would make you transform into this persona you know this like really big persona so I was attracted to individuals that were on stage and it could be on stage from politics or on stage in music or acting or okay what have you because they have the permission to wear these very loud (laughs) let's just say um, garments that speak you know to the world and a lot of times I feel you know most of us are are trying to not stand out and not mm-hmm. you know speak so loudly with what we wear. We shop and dress from a, um, a standpoint of function mm-hmm. and where performers and artists, their outfit is another layer of how they communicate their message to the world, their persona to the world, their perspective to the world. And one of the things that I fell in love with with fashion was just that, that clothing, clothing is, a, is another layer of communication for us. And it could affect how we feel about ourselves and how the world speaks to us. And so I think that the inspiration of old Hollywood, the inspiration of designers, couture designers, especially um, in, oh, in the early and mid 1900s, um, you know, you, the ones I look to for different reasons, Dior from his, per, his perspective of style, mm-hmm. Chanel for her innovation and her unapologetic um, way of just being who she is and saying, this is who I am. I don't care if it's radically different from what everyone else is doing or, or what women are doing at this time. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up as I am and just how many innovations that she brought to this space. And, and the list goes on in terms of designers that have 
that have inspired me. But I would say, you know, looking back at the most artful forms of fashion and forms that really made and designs that really made a statement in in films, you know, mm -hmm. our early films is what has inspired me as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So when you are in the creative process, um, when you are designing and it, design comes with, it's sort of developing a personality for someone is the part of the design, but where do you tap into for that creative inspiration? That is such a great uh, question. Um, I would say what I tend to tap into now is exercise, like running, walking, like being outside right. in nature. Um, it, it creates, it brings ideas to me. Mm -hmm. And then just using nature as a palette in and of itself, like the textures, the patterns. You know, last night I was, I was out with my family and there was this beautiful drawing, a mural on the side of a building. And there were volcanoes and crystals and this really unusual butterfly. And I just kept staring at the pattern on the wings. And I was like, ooh, mm -hmm. what could I turn that into, you know, in terms of a print on a, on a fabric or a dress. And so there's so much around us. Also, architecture is something that inspires me. You know, the detailing of the sculpture that goes into, you know, some of our older structures um, really, you know, is something that captures my attention and texture. And then maybe that's another reason why I gravitate towards architecture because of not just the 3D modeling, but mm -hmm. then also the, the various elements of texture that it incorporates. And interior design is another thing that I pull inspiration from. So I would say film, like old Hollywood, mm -hmm. nature, architecture, and um, stories. I love stories. And it could be a historical story, like the mm -hmm. last collection. I was working around the evolution of money. And right. that was what was my inspiration. Like looking at, you know, the things that we look at in terms of currency, gold. Mm -hmm green dollar bills, um, silver, you know, these coins, copper, and how could that translate into shapes and texture and colors around a collection? So storytelling, you know, based in history, based in, you know, it could be present day history or past history, um, which a lot of designers pull from is another thing that inspires me. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting when you talk about being in nature and seeing the things that you see um, to use uh, with your design. And, and, you know, it's so true because when I am stuck with something that I'm writing, the best thing for me to do is get out of my office and get out into nature or do something that's kinesthetic to free up uh, thought really and tap into and and when you walk in nature and you have that a create creative ability it seems that your awareness is sort of heightened in that and that you see at a, a different level than maybe other people would see so it was so interesting for you to talk about the butterfly and the parts of the butterfly and how you could transform that and use that with part of your design that you were doing or part of the next design and the architecture and all that. It's so fascinating. 
I, I just love what you're talking about. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by Symatrax. And I am speaking today with Nova Lorraine. And how many people take a look at your designs and, and those types of things? Do you have a website? Yes, yes, I do. It's novalorraine.com, L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E.com. And you'll be able to click on, you know, one of the sections on the site that will show you some of my designs. And mm -hmm. or you can Google, um, and then you can see some of the designs that show up there as well. Fantastic. And so the, my next question is, what inspired you to write Unleash Your Supernova? Unleash. <laughs> Actually, it's it's so tied into what we were just talking about as it relates to fashion and in my decision to pivot, you know, from academia right. to creativity and design. And it was my journey as a creative entrepreneur. You know, I I came from a very science heavy background. I was, okay. you know, a BS major bachelor of science major in undergrad and then going into clinical psychology mm -hmm. and then doing like flipping you know 360 to just all creativity you know being at the fashion institute and every moment you are trying to expand your skills of creativity and then going into entrepreneurship and those are all just very different things you know oh, yes science and then um, art and creativity and design, and then launching, growing, and sustaining a business. And, and that's I a big deal. A lot of people can't do that. It takes a lot of personality. It takes a lot of guts, and it takes a lot of knowledge uh, to run a business based on what you're passionate about. So many skills there. One hundred percent. And I, I always felt that the creative entrepreneur, you know, and the, the individual that's sustaining themselves from a creative craft mm -hmm. has a very unique journey because you really do have to split the left brain, right brain. Mm -hmm. And until you grow your team big enough where you can just focus on your art. Right. And so you need to get to that point. And so how do you get to that point? And so the Unleash Your Supernova is tapping into that limitless potential, mm -hmm. that infinite well you know, all of the superpowers that lie within us. And what is so great is that we don't have to pay for it. We don't have to look for it. All we have to do is tap into it. And that's what I want people to know because you do need different tools to guide you and empower you and sustain you on this journey of entrepreneurship. And when you are a creative, you have to really protect that well of creativity and it's so easy to get burnt out no matter what we do. Right. And if, our, if, if burning out is going to dull your creative senses, then you've just cut your lifeline. You just cut whatever it is that's providing the product or service that you're turning into currency. And so protecting that well of creativity, in addition to understanding the tactics mm -hmm. on the ground, the strategy, you know, I was an athlete, you know, most of my life in, mm -hmm. in all of my schooling and there's you know when you when you look at a football team because I think one of their your biggest teams in sports when you look at a football team mm -hmm. and you have a coach and he has to pick who's playing what and when he's putting people in subbing people and all of that you know and then changing that strategy based on who's across the field 
And so similarly with business, when you're creating a team, when you're creating your business model, when you're putting your product out there, you know, to win the game, whatever that game is for you, um, there's strategy that comes into play. And so, and there's different tools, right? There's different hacks mm-hmm. along the way. Coaches learn these little tricks along the way. They're watching these tapes and videos, and that's why they have the teams do the same thing. And so Unleash Your Supernova is this toolkit of how you can successfully, happily survive the roller coaster. I call it a roller coaster because it is oh, yes. a roller coaster of creative entrepreneurship. And so it was born through my own pain points, my journey. And whenever I'm going through something and I've had a growth point mm-hmm. and I've, you know, struggled in the beginning or learned something, you know, on the journey, I want to pass that knowledge on to someone else. Because I could save you the time, the energy, the pain, the anguish, the obstacles. <laughs> Why not? Right? Why not? So I love sharing that knowledge. And I just, you know, use different channels to do it, you know, and the book is one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that a beautiful skill that you have, um, and it be, would be wonderful to teach as many people as you could, is being able to tap into the right and the left brain uh, in order to be successful, because that's a really tough thing. Um, most uh, creative people can't do that, and most business people can't do that. Um, and uh, so I just, I really honor that uh, you're talking about this because this is exactly what I have to do. I own a couple of businesses that are both completely different. One's a new construction and the other is a manufacturing company. I'm a writer, I'm a podcaster. And you know what I mean? It is, how does that happen? And I recognize it. And sometimes, you know, one side of my brain has to go and court the other side of my brain, you know, to, uh, to tease out the information that I need. It's just uh, wonderful. So what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? I would say the the biggest discovery for me is my purpose. And, you know, when I started off, you know, looking at where, you know, a lot of us, the, when you leave high school, the question mm-hmm. is, are you going to college or not? It was sort of, you're going to college. <laughs> like <for my> kids, <laughs> you're going to college. Yeah. Um, that wasn't even a question. It was like, this is the next step, but mm-hmm. for some it's a question, but uh, you know, when the next step for me was college, it was, what am I going to study to, you know, get a job that can sustain me? And then what am I going to study that I'm going to enjoy? And I've always felt that I wanted to be of service. I always felt that I wanted to heal, help people mm-hmm. heal, help them feel happier and whatever mm-hmm. that meant, right? Yeah. You know, you're a kid, you know, it's not, you know, I wasn't like, Ooh, I want to, you know, it was just like, Oh, I want to help other um, people like myself be happier and, mm-hmm. and if they're sad, heal them for whatever that is. And, and so that was that. And when I, when I moved from grad school to fashion design school, it was, I want to help impact the history of fashion. And so again, very different from what is my purpose? Why am I here? Right. And I feel that for me, the, having the answer to that question be as clear as day and being able to see all that I do through that, that becomes my North star. And once we mm. discover the purpose, we stop searching for it. Cause I feel that we're always pulled towards something. Okay. And 
you know, we're energetic, we're, we're pulled and drawn towards something. Mm -hmm. We're also curious and we're here to not just lay still for a hundred years and not do anything. We're here to experience life, build things, create things, co-create things. And, but when you're doing it through the lens of purpose, when you're mm -hmm. doing it through a perspective of this is going to not only fill my soul, but fill the soul of others. Like that is wow. the most magical mm -hmm. realization and revelation. And because if you can, okay, imagine, you know, we think about being yeah. kids, running around on the playground and you're just having the best time of your life and you're running, you're playing tag, everyone's laughing and joking. And then as you're doing this play, everyone else who's playing is benefiting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Everyone is getting that equal pleasure of that moment. And so what do you want to do? You want to come out and do it again. Yeah. And so what if our purpose aligned with helping others in the sense of that, that, that experience of play? Mm -hmm. So whatever I'm doing is filling me up. It's bringing me joy. It's making me laugh. It's getting me excited and giddy. And I can't wait to do it tomorrow. But at the same time, whoever I'm doing it for is getting that same experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the, that is, I think the sort of secret sauce is if you could find a way to bring those two together, then there's no more searching. It's now just you deciding, okay, how do I want to do it? Right? Okay. So like you could do it in any, in any combination of, of ways mm -hmm. and you could shape that in, in how you deliver your purpose, how you, you know, add value to someone's life in so many ways. And it could change. It doesn't have to be the same way throughout your life. Goodness knows I, I'm yes. doing it in a different way. So I, I think that was my biggest aha. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just wonderful. I love listening to, I, I love listening to you. What, so the other question that I asked on the Rhonda Grant show and the listeners are going to expect this too, is that do you feel that you've been called? has anyone asked me that oh okay maybe not in that way yes yeah. yes I do I I could think back to various moments and that moment that I shared with you were um the deciding to leave this very predictable guaranteed path and you know in our culture being a doctor is a very esteemed role mm -hmm. um, there's you know books and books and and other resources say how much they made what do you have to do and and so mm -hmm. there's a very defined path and, and there's a result at, at the end of it. That's predictable. That's tangible. And, but I literally walked away from that, mm -hmm. the, the guaranteed finances and all that comes with that. And, and a guarantee to be able to help people if I'm good at what I'm doing to something that was unknown. And that had to be something I was called for. I mean, when I said, I, you know, earlier in the conversation, um, I got to a point where I couldn't ignore it. It was literally, I was, there was the inner voice in me saying, mm -hmm. you have to do. And it came like very blunt. You have to go to New York. <laughs> really? Was, yes. Design school was in New York. It was very good. You have to go to New York. You have to go. Mm -hmm. And it, like those words wouldn't leave my head. And I was so confused because again. It's confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and sweet situation going on why mess that up right mm -hmm. so i do believe it was a calling 
And everything that I've done since then was always stepping into the unknown with a task that was so much bigger than me that required so, so, much, so much more resources than I had at the time. And I see resources, time, people, money, you know, teams, mm-hmm. your finances, and the time you had and you, you have at the moment. And it's always these big, giant call to actions. And I am nowhere prepared in terms of those things at the moment that it comes. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you have those moments to pay attention to them, because if you're called to do something that's bigger than you, and I was speaking with someone yesterday, mm-hmm. she was in finance for 20, 30 years, but she felt that she had to create a global conference for well-being, okay. like so different from what she was doing. Yeah. And it's grown and mushroomed overnight because so many people just rallied around her and mm-hmm. she had out in the questions, but I'm, I'm not even, I'm not a practitioner. I'm not a healer. I'm not in medicine. I'm not in health. And, 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 and I feel compelled to do this global conference of, for well-being, you know, practitioners and healers. Mm-hmm. And she was called to do that for whatever reason, you know, it's a calling and, and she did it. She followed through and it's, it's growing. And, and so, yes, to answer your question, I do feel called. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Most definitely. So Tell our listeners what you feel like when you dress in one of your gowns <laughs> and for a photograph or for whatever you're doing. They want to know what that feels like, the beauty of a woman. I love these questions so much because I'm in the metaverse space and I don't hear these fashion questions a lot. Great. <laughs> I'm just loving the space that I'm in today. <laughs> yes. How do I feel? So when I design, I I create garments that represent different per, different moods mm-hmm. and sometimes personalities. And so if I want to feel feminine, it depends on the event. Mm-hmm. It depends on what I'm trying to achieve at that event um, is what's going to guide me to what I'm wearing. So if I want to feel, you know, let's say like an Audrey Hepburn, if I want to mm-hmm. feel um, or like a Marilyn Monroe, and I'm going to use these archetypes because it's, you know, most people know these names, you know, if I want to feel flirtatious, if I want to feel very powerful, you know, just right. bring that element of my personality out, it's going to affect what I'm wearing. So for me, when I'm sort of in like that power game mode, I'm wearing a dress coat and it's, it's going to be longer than my knees. It's going to be three quarter length. Why? Because it's, it's, you don't see that normally when you see jackets, they end at your waist. And when you see something that is, you know, past your knees, it's going to give a very dramatic effect. So it's going to capture the attention that I'm looking for. Okay. People stop and notice and pay attention in a way where they're going to automatically lower their guard to allow me to speak and whatever I'm speaking is they're going to receive it in that way. Um, When I'm feeling playful, I may wear something that's like a, a really fun color, like a coral or a salmon and choose a texture like lace because it brings out that more feminine Mm -hmm. playful side and then the silhouette might dictate if i want to be playful more you know childish or i want to be playful more flirtatious Mm -hmm. and that's also going to dictate the silhouette that i wear and so i think it's it's like stepping into a play yeah into a new garment you're assuming this role and you and you're what you're wearing is sort of like transforming you it's the Mm -hmm. script 
know? Yeah. Um, and I love to act. I love to perform. And so using like the fashion as that guide, as the script, as the structure is really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you've provided uh, a beautiful window for us to look into and, uh, and gain confidence that if we're not doing something right now that it doesn't feel good for, to us and we have something else that's occupying some of our time and maybe the call to go to New York, um, you know, I just think it's wonderful. You've, um, you've led us into um, your life and what you do, what you think about and what your journey's been like. Uh, I honor you. It's been fabulous having you on the show. And I look forward to speaking with you really soon. Yes, thank you so much. And I really, you know, felt like I stepped into your living room. I stepped mm-hmm. into very warm, intimate space with this conversation with you. And so I thank you for that. And, and again, anytime I get to talk about fashion <laughs> and, and share like that perspective and it's not mm-hmm. just, or, you know, data, um, it's, it's so much fun for me. So thank you for that as well. You're welcome. My pleasure. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.